Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second condition one i think just given my uh my experience with ghosts so mm. far in my life nope nope uh, nope, nope that's... i would i would consider the spider to be the more imminent threat Okay, so two things. The first one is the so far in that sentence is mm-hmm. upsetting. The second thing is, why are we ever talking about anything else? Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me, mostly from the officer's mess and kind of a mess, uh, is the uh, XO Kitsy. While you were pinning wings on your Cylon girlfriend, our people were strapping homemade bombs to their chests, doing whatever they could to take the bastards out. So forgive me if I don't get all misty over your sacrifices. (laughs) Uh, And presumably, presumably, somewhere on Colonial One, restored to her rightful place, the newly reinstated president of the podcast in the 12 colonies, Andrea. I have glued myself to my special president's chair, and I refuse to leave. Good. Excellent. It's never happening again. We don't ever want to lose you again. Thank you. I really do look like I'm just straight up sitting in the dark. You do. <laughs> I, like, there is a light on in this room, I promise. I don't believe like, you. It's like you're mostly getting the glow from my computer it's screen, and it's weird. Pretty spooky. It's, it's, uh, this is the episode where we tell ghost stories. No, I would love that. I feel like a big ghost is going to sneak up behind you any minute now. Oh, God, no. No. I would... Podcast over. <laughs> my mind for real. Uh, that has been for the last like year plus my biggest fear mm-hmm. uh, in all of this um, remote work, remote socialization, uh, pandemic life is that one of these days I'm going to see something absolutely horrifying happen at the other side of someone's camera, whether it be yeah. a ghost uh, or like an intruder or just someone just drops dead on on camera. Like I, that's, I've been on edge for like over a year now that this is, yeah. this is going to happen. It is the options, the possibilities are all terrifying. I don't like any of them. I have so many ideas for how to mess with Caleb now. 
Don't, oh don't. That's don't so mean. Dare. That's rude. Unfortunately, April Fool's Day has passed, so I have to wait almost an entire I, year now to get you. <laughs> it's a terrible holiday. It, it really is. It Thank really you. is. Um, you know, sometimes I think I like it, but then I'm torn. Previously, okay, Natalie and Brilliant. Star Galactica. <laughs> you see, because this episode is called Torn. That's beautiful. I, I brought it right back. This is how I, I feel. Thank you. Thank you for ref- for acknowledging my Natalie and Brulee reference. Of of course. Nothing's fine. <laughs> Nothing's fine with the crew of Galactica. No. <laughs> so as we uh as we knew there would be, there's a there's a lot of fallout, a lot of trauma that people are processing from the time on New Caprica and um we're seeing not only is the colonial fleet, but also as we'll get into the uh, the Cylons uh, are themselves uh, you know splitting into to different camps, different viewpoints, and uh, unable to be a, a unified force uh, as they once were. Uh, but specifically amongst the colonials and the the crew of Galactica, we see a, a very strong division starting to take place between. The people who were on New Caprica, who lived through the, the silent applica- occupation, the silent application, uh, <laughs> the silence applied uh, to uh, to occupy and rule uh, New Caprica, and uh, were, were declined. Uh, they were they were rejected by the uh, application denied. By HR. <laughs> um, they couldn't provide adequate references. Um, the the. <laughs> Group of people who lived through the occupation and the group who stayed behind uh, in the fleet and subsequently participated in the rescue operation. Uh, And uh, the former uh, group is mostly represented in the just surly and sulking and miserable forms of uh, Carathrace and (laughs) Saltai. I know they've been through it. Like, I know. And the two of them probably worse than just about anybody else. But yeah, good Lord. You know, th- there's the first scene that, we, that I believe that we see Ty in this episode. He's in his bunk or in his quarters, uh, still kind of messing around with his dead wife's clothing, um, which I'm just I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for a scene where he's wearing her dress like. It's coming. I know it's coming. And uh, at least I want it to be coming. It's. I don't think it's coming, but I want it to be. Um, It'll be quite becoming. Uh, yes. I Michael Hogan what, could pull off that red dress. I just, exactly. I, just, I just want him just completely plastered wearing her dress and just like, you know, just having a conversation with himself, but as her, like, you know. Anyway, uh, he sees... Uh, out the corner of his eye, he thinks he sees Ellen and goes chasing this woman down the hallways of Galactica. And when he finally catches up to her, it turns out it's not her at all. It just kind of looks like her from behind. And mm-hmm. is is a sad moment. And like you, know, you see the 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 pain in his eyes, and like he uh, just excuse like me, freezes. Excuse up. me, the pain in his eye. In his eye. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> rookie mistake. You see the I pain in in his eye. Yeah, you know, he. he uh. He'd love he to see love it, to. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he, he freezes. He can't say anything. Uh, but, of course, uh, my asshole brain immediately goes to an old joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were my friend. 
you want to get that uh, reference, you'd have to listen to the other podcast that I'm blanking on the name of. Left of the Dial. Left of the Dial. (laughs) Specifically the episode with Long Since Forgotten. That's true. That's I tell that story. That's the episode you want to listen to if you want to get that joke. Oh, it's I a just, great episode. I love that episode, y'all. It's just that's just one of my favorite stories of all time. I'm sorry, I thought you were my wife. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you... uh, but yes, yeah, so, like he he hears a voice that he thinks is hers, and like you like you said, he he sees out of the corner of his eye a woman with long blonde hair, and she looks and, like he thinks she looks like her. Uh, and when he finally realizes it's not, it's this other woman, and the voice he heard was her talking to her child uh but like the the words that she was using it was like you know i can't believe you did that to me don't look at me like that uh i told you once i told you a thousand times so all these things that like could have been ellen (laughs) scolding or chiding him uh but turns out it's this this woman uh just yelling at her child in the the crowded halls of galactica so andrea i have to ask when this scene happened Mm -hmm. how much did you think we were about to get an Ellen Ty Cylon reveal? Ellen Tylon. That's the one. <laughs> Very good. Um, yes. Yes. I, well, it's, it's, this show is so tricky because I feel like anything could happen at any time. So like, I'm half expecting that to be the case, but then the other half is knowing that Ty is like racked with, with guilt and grief right now. And also, probably has been drinking oh yeah almost certainly nonstop. yeah fucking Um, straight straight chugging bottles of what looks like whiskey Mm -hmm. um so it really could have gone either way i don't think i want ellen to i know i don't want ellen to be a cylon because i don't want to have to deal with her again that's fair (laughs) you know what that's that's totally fair that's fair of all the like anyone can be a Cylon because they can you know even if they die they can come back mm-hmm. like no just you keep you can keep her yeah we don't need her back nope um, how mad are, are, take- are you gonna be if it turns out that like Billy comes back and he's actually the mastermind behind the entire Cylon <laughs> plan all along He's one of the five that they don't talk about. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Billy. So we're gonna get there uh, oh, much sorry, earlier sorry, than sorry. I anticipated. No, that's okay. I, didn't mean to do uh, that. I, I messaged Kitsy immediately uh, to say I cannot wait now uh, to just continuously fuck with you now that you know <laughs> the existence of the final five. Oh, it's <laughs> such an odd phrase, uh-huh. like because it implies a se- like. They're our final five for sure because they're mm-hmm. the last five we're going to meet. But that's not usually like if I had 11 siblings, I wouldn't call five of them. These are my final five siblings. Like, it's a weird. <laughs> so what does that well, mean? W- wouldn't you maybe call them that? OK, but let's let's assume that they're not your siblings, but they're my siblings and you've only met whatever 12 minus I'd five call them is your other five. Oh, OK. <laughs> that would be if if Battlestar Galactica uh, did a crossover with Coraline, it would be the other five. Oh, the other five. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about the un. The, yeah. <laughs> so actually, let's let's take a moment now that we've introduced this concept of the final five, and let's get to uh, where we we learn about this because we know, as we, we talked about, you know, there are seven. Uh, sorry, there are twelve silent models, and we've learned about seven of them so far. And we keep saying, like, when is there going to be another reveal? Like, who are the the remaining uh, Cylons? 
I've purposefully avoided using the phrase the final five <laughs> because I wanted that reveal to happen. Uh, but in the very beginning of this episode, uh, Baltar is having another one of his, uh, you know, head vacations with six. <laughs> and she mentions to him that uh, Cylons use uh, a technique called projection. And she doesn't really explain much beyond she says that, you know, they, they choose how they see the world around them. And she doesn't straight up say, but infers that that might be, or, or rather, I, I think she allows Gaius to uh, infer uh, that that might be what he's doing. And he's starting to wonder, like, is there a connection to this idea of Cylon uh, projection and these visions that I have of you, this world that I created in my head? And he again presses her, like, what are you? And she's like, well, I'm an angel of God sent to help you. <laughs> Uh, so she's doubling down on that idea. Mm-hmm. So we still have no idea what the fuck she is. Um, I think we know exactly what she is. She's an angel of God <laughs> sent here to help him. It's we know exactly what she claims to that's, be. She's uh, clippy. I love. <laughs> she's, like, she's just popping up when he needs. It looks like you're trying to overthrow a government. Would you like some help with that? <laughs> <laughs> so I also love that uh, Sad Geezer refers to her as Chip Six, uh, referencing back to the idea of there being a chip in his head. <laughs> I like that. That's fun. Um, chip Six. But yes, yeah, so we uh, we later on have a, a, a sequence of a, the Caprica Six uh, leading guys through the halls of a base star, uh, and he kind of comments like, "You know, does, are we going in circles? Everything looks the same." And she's like, "You know, to you, everything looks the same, but I see us as in a forest, and we get a a vision of like what her projection looks like, and she's in this beautiful sunlit forest. She's like, I choose to see God's creation, where you just choose to see blank walls, and." We have this moment where he like starts to think, and he like has like a, a quick mental flashback of all the Cylons that he's seen, uh, and it just shows us all the seven models that we know so far. And he stops and he says, "Wait, there are twelve Cylon models, but I, all the time on New Caprica, I only ever saw seven. Who are the final five? Mm-hmm. And so it's Gaius that introduces us to this. Uh, very important idea of who are the final five. And she just immediately is like, we don't talk about them ever. So it goes from like, yeah. who are the, who are the five that I don't know about to like, uh, apparently I've stumbled into like some great secret mystery of Cylonity. Mm-hmm. A really smart way for the show to handle the questions I've been asking all along of how come we've only seen seven and how do you yep. keep the other five a secret if everybody knows and and all of that. Um, I have a quick question, though. Okay. Why go anywhere or do anything if you can shape your reality around you? Like, why aren't they all just hanging out on their home planet um, projecting that they're winning a war or whatever like i don't understand maybe they are how else will they bring god's love to humanity (laughs) that's a good point it's a sacrifice for us yeah yes okay it's very kind of them (laughs) um all forty-one thousand four hundred and (laughs) twenty-two humans are very grateful for the the cylon (laughs) sacrifice but we also learn that uh once again the cylons have not uh learned their lesson uh, in wanting to go to the places where the humans are, they, they, you know, they want to be where the people are. Uh, 
And they've decided that they want to look for Earth, too, because that's going to be their new home. And they think that Baltar might be able to help them find it, and that's the only reason they're keeping him alive. And I, I, I feel like I could see from both of your expressions that, like, why? It's so petty. Like, I, I almost, I, I'm almost proud of them. Like, that is petty. I just, okay. So, allegedly... Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly. The Cylons have decided we're going to stop pursuing humanity and trying to kill them. We're just going to go find somewhere to live. And now, we don't know anything about their homeworld, but presumably it's fine. Yes. They never mentioned any reason for having to leave it. So they came and blew up all 12 of humanity's planets (laughs) and were like, cool, we'll chase you through the fucking galaxy and now we're going to go to the one place where you're going and try to get there first and be like, fuck you, it's ours now. Like, what are you doing? Just go home. Being petty. Go, being so petty. Just go, just go back to Cylonicon or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> oh, my God. And to that point, the, the Andrea, the being petty, uh, it, it's so great because, like, they keep coming up with these, like, self-righteous, uh, like, these high and mighty justifications of why they're doing the things that they do and how they're superior to humans and, like, you know, humans are cruel and barbaric and, you know, we, we value life more, but they're just petty. <laughs> It's so good. It's very like um, siblings. I'm not touching you. Like that's what it reminds me. Like we're just we're going where we're going. I mean, if you end up in the same place, we can't help that. We're just we're just looking for somewhere we're to just, live. If you oh. want to go to Earth too, fine. We're just swinging our arms, oh and if you God. happen to get in the way, that's that's on you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cylon's got that big younger sibling energy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's why this show makes so much sense to me. <laughs> like. Real talk, I'm the youngest sibling, and for the majority of her life, Seth was my wife, uh, you know, until she was, like, mid-teens, so we both very much younger sibling energy, uh, <laughs> and our household is basically, uh, like, a microcosm of <laughs> <Battlestar> Galactic. <laughs> That's very good. I have a brother who's 10 years older than me, so I feel like I'm basically an only child, but I'm also the youngest child, so I have both of those things going on at once. It's <laughs> I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Hmm. Is this pilot that we're introduced to today, or this episode, is his name Nacho or Narcho? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember this. <laughs> this who says <laughs> So, there's a, uh, a squad of Viper pilots that are, are two squads, actually, that are, that are running training exercises, uh, one being led by Lee, the other being led by Kat. Uh, they've apparently installed dope-ass laser tag guns yeah. on the Vipers, <laughs> which, like, now I want nothing more than to play Viper laser tag. Right? Yes. <laughs> and so, they're, uh, yeah, they're running training exercises, and... They're supposed to be following, you know, formations and, like, you know, running drills like that. Uh, and Lee's, Lee, Lee's wing is uh, Kara and a new pilot that uh, I would think is named Nacho. But the uh, the way the, the 
captions were in the episode when I watched it. They they spelled it Narcho. Narcho? And I don't know if it's just because like people kept saying it with like a bit of an accent. <laughs> I was like, what is Nacho? Like, it's gotta be Nacho. Uh, sad, sad Geezer has it listed as Nacho. Okay. I can't believe I'm saying I, this, but I would believe Sad Geezer on this one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, uh, Cat's Wing, uh, I don't know who her third is, but Hot Dog's with her. And, hot uh, diggity dog. Poor Hot Dog. Poor mm-hmm. Hot Dog. He, Starbuck takes him out easy. Well, he's, yeah, he's no match. She, are we surprised no match for Starbuck? Starbuck, ever the uh, the cocky pilot with something to prove, and now an even bigger chip on her shoulder, uh, ignores Lee's directions to stay in formation, uh, and tries to go after Cat. Has a bit of a midair collision and uh, fucks up one of the Vipers, and uh, Lee is not too happy about that. No, he's furious. Understandably so. I, I do love, I think it was Chief that asked her how she even landed it with the damage that it had. And she's like, I pointed <laughs> at the deck and stopped when I got here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just, it, like, Hot Dog is just in awe. He's like, you, they, they said, uh, Callie said that the tank was bone dry. He's like, bone dry. Bone dry. She landed the bird without a drop of fuel. He's, he's impressed. Yeah. Um, Lee is not impressed. Yeah. Lee says, uh, I don't give a frack what you do. You're done flying. She's like, if you want to die, I will open an airlock for you, but you are not taking one of my Vipers with you. Lee is taking no shit today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's right, though. He's, nah. I, I really hate the, like, reckless for the sake of being reckless, which I know that Kara has dabbled with before, um, certainly, but this is this is different. Um, and it just, I don't know. I have very little, it's the, the teacher in me, I think coming out, I have very little time for this kind of nonsense. I need her to get her shit together too. I, I also want to point out that it wasn't that many episodes ago that Lee wanted to die or maybe less that he wanted to die, just didn't really care if he lived or not. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, I, while I, I, I get where he's coming from, it's also like, dude, give her a break. Like, you were there, like, fucking eight minutes ago. I think he's absolutely right with with grounding her, with taking mm-hmm. her yes. uh, right. you know, out of the flight rotation because she's not fit for, for duty right now mm-hmm. at all. But, yeah, I think you've got a point that, uh, like, taking jabs at her, her, you know, current mental state, especially right there in the fucking hangar deck in front of everybody. Yeah. Not coolly. Not, not your shining moment. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Yeah, we we know that that Kara is is seriously fucked up from her experience on the planet, both with the the trauma that Leoben put her through, but also uh, with the uh, experience of thinking she'd come to terms with the idea that like she had this child that the silence forced on her, and uh, like just starting to like develop an, an inkling of concern for the child when she thought it, she was going to die, uh, only to learn that it was all a manipulation and the child was someone else's uh, all along. Uh, and that comes back around, predictably, uh, when the child's mother, who uh, I guess is Julia, uh, mm. finds, like, tracks Kara down, uh, like, outside the, the officer's uh, uh, quarters and, you know, uh, Casey wants to see Kara. She wants a hug. And it's adorable. It is. I don't even like his, but when she says, <laughs> give me a hug, I'm like, oh, give her a hug, Kara. You heartless bitch. Give her a hug. <laughs> brutal. She's it's just brutal. I, I, 
just and, like I don't know. Have I mentioned that they need a fucking therapist on this ship? Right. And like I, I get that like it it's not always easy to talk about. In fact, it's usually not easy to talk about the, the things that hurt you. But even just the the basic notion of like Julia, I am sorry, but this child was used to manipulate and mm-hmm. torment and traumatize me. And you know, she's she's precious, but like I can't handle this right now. Mm-hmm. Please like give me some space. Right, right. Is a reasonable response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, you seem like a nice person. The last thing I need is a two-year-old friend. And Casey does, <laughs> sure as hell doesn't need me in her life. So do us both a favor. Don't bring her around here again. And Make like a tree and leave. Yeah, make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Julia is understandably uh, upset and hurt. Um, I feel like she maybe doesn't read the room very well in understanding that there's probably a reason behind that. Cause she's like, no, nah, mm-hmm. I, I want to speak to the manager of the pilots. <laughs> that would be, that would be Lee. <laughs> um, which I mean, maybe she would want to speak to Lee. Hey, he's hot again. He's oh back in God. fighting form. <laughs> I knew that you were watching the episode. The moment I got the, the slack ping, like, Oh my God, Lee's hot again. <laughs> All it takes is apparently one really like long session with Hilo at the gym, and and you're and one wait one appointment with the jump rope. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, Hilo is like he's clearly a you know a pretty uh, rough trainer. Like puts puts him through it, <laughs> but uh, you know the uh, it pays off. It pays off. Mm. Doesn't it though? And you know, Heel is also encouraging too. He's like, "See, you got it. I told you you could do it. You did great." He's, "Yay! All right, buddy." Uh, <laughs> Spoken like the lovely, supportive himbo that he is. <laughs> he totally is. And Lee, you know, remind me never to let that happen again. You got it, Slim. <laughs> God, Slim. It's so bad. I know we've talked about it probably to death, but it's just so bad. Does he really I say Slim? Yeah. Because says you got it, Slim. Oh my God. <laughs> so, what I really have been wanting to know, and not badly enough to actually do any research <laughs> into it, uh, is if uh, Jamie Bamber like actually went full like uh, Christian Bale and like put on and then dropped the weight <laughs> specifically for these scenes, uh, or if they like used makeup and like prosthetics and stuff like that just to like artificially add it because he was fucking cut again. It yeah. It looks to me uh like looking at his face, it looks to me like they just shoved like cotton balls in his cheeks. <laughs> like so I I get the feeling that he didn't actually gain the weight and then lose it again, but I what do I know? I just like it looks a little unnatural to me, but I hadn't really thought about it either way because I was yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like there are definitely actors who will like get that into a part that they will gain and lose weight like specifically for like a single role. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just just to like just to have a few fat jokes thrown at him for a couple of episodes and then like right. take it off again, like that would be some serious dedication. Oh yeah. You know, uh side note um, it's always sunny Philadelphia. Yes, well, yes. He did that just because he, he thought it would be funny. Yeah. yeah. He, he tried to get the whole cast to do it, and they were like, we're not going to do that. And he just put all that weight on so Mac would be fat for a season. Just because it was funny. And it was. And, like, 
He yeah, was, was really dedicated to that bit. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I, I do love that he tried to get them all to do it, and they were like, no. And he was like, well, I'm going to do it no. anyway. <laughs> like, that's the most always sunny thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, Lee is hot again. And uh, oh, Rosalind is in this one. Yeah, I couldn't there's remember a, when you were doing the intro. Where am I? I, I couldn't remember either. So there's a. <clears throat> we know that uh, Gaius uh, has convinced the Cylons that he remembers a fair amount of the time right. that he spent poring oh, over the various right. maps and documents in the, the Scroll of Pythia and the star charts and everything that they gathered from the time on Kobol. Kobol! Kobol! Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping that pause would pay off. Uh, so, Gaius, uh, like he, he's committed as much of that to, to memory and is, is going off of that as possible. And we get a, a flash to a scene uh, in the, the war room on Galactica where Gaeta is trying to pick up where Gaius left off uh, and like utilize his notes and just like random things that he wrote down. Um, and like you know, passages from the the scroll of Pythia, and he puts it all together to realize that uh, Gaius has interpreted a line from the the scroll of Pythia uh, that says, "And the caravan of the heavens was watched over by a great line with a mighty blinking eye." Uh, to uh, determine that the guys had, had determined that this was the the lion's head nebula, uh, and that there were was uh, two pulsars that were blinking red and blue, uh, and that must be what the the thirteenth tribe found uh, when they passed through this way. It's all very convenient. Yeah, I, it's all very convenient. I also <laughs> love the way Gata starts talking about the stuff, and he's like, "I've been pouring over the things that President." Ba- Dr. Baltar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, um, so good. I love his loyalty. Rosalind's line where she's like, I'm curious, uh, what is it you trust about Dr. Baltar's research? <laughs> How do you know it's not another one of his lies, which is... Is, fair, is, fair question mm-hmm. absolutely he's, she's like he says uh, if there's one thing i learned about baltar it was his extraordinary ca- capacity for self-preservation i think he find, wanted to find earth because he wanted to get there that tracks <laughs> like, uh, yeah yeah and that's and i know we talk about him like he's an idiot and he but he's not i mean he makes the wrong call 95 percent of the time but i you know, it, it doesn't mean because at first I was like, there's no fucking way. Like he just pointed at the map like he did that time. Oh, like he did that time before where it seemed that he just happened to be right when they found the spot on. um Oh, yeah. On Cobble. Cobble. Yeah. Cobble. Um, <laughs> thank you. And uh, and so now this is. Now this is interesting to me. Hmm. Hmm. I don't Maybe know. Maybe he knows where everything is all along. Maybe he doesn't know that he knows, but, but he, he knows, knows, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I just love that uh, Gata stumbled across, like, a handwritten note that says, blinking equals pulsar, and <laughs> put it all together from that. Like, if, like, I know what a pulsar is. I don't need that, you know, and I know nothing about anything. Like, I don't need, the fact that Baltar wrote himself that note is so that funny. That is interesting. <laughs> like, like he, like stars equal gas. <laughs> like werewolves have guns. Get revenge. <laughs> Get revenge. I'm curious, Andrea. Uh, since you know what a pulsar is, can you explain it to maybe our listeners who might not know? Oh, I mean, I, I certainly could, but maybe you should do it just for fun. We've got multiple greatest contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump <laughs> to a safe location. 
that's may or may not be near a pulsar. We're not sure. Uh, well, something about ads, jump coordinates in the ad. I don't know. Just, just fucking do the ads. Hey, y'all. President of the podcast, Andrea here. And I want to tell you about a couple of Night Shift Radio shows that we think you're really going to love. First up is a little podcast called Left of the Dial, featuring a couple of familiar voices. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, talk about a different record they love. They also have really incredible guests on all the time. Uh, For example, a recent episode features Max Collins from Eve 6, King of Twitter, and a special surprise co-host. It's me. I'm the surprise co-host. Focusing on new and independent music, Left of the Dial is a great way to find your new favorite band. And I'd also like to recommend the Superpod HeroCast. You looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod HeroCast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie. Classic of modern cinema, certified stinker, it doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. You can start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod HeroCast. Doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod HeroCast. Be heroic. And of course, you can find these and all of our other great shows at nsrad.io. Because it's rad. And it's like radio. They're not anything that, isn't it? Just some sort of like, it's literally a pulsar because it's like some sort of pulsing energy. Like, isn't it just? The the, uh, the cores of dead stars that when they rotate, they appear to be blinking, thus, thus pulsing. Highly magnetized rotating compact star emits beams of electromagnetic radiation out of its poles. Yeah. 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 Like pole star, but (laughs) pole star. No, that's not a thing. But like, but I mean, it is, right? That's what, (laughs) is that not why it's called pulsar? And I just happened to. I think it's because they they appear to pulse. Yeah. Just like quasars appear to quase. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry, what the fuck is quase? (laughs) Oh, it's the thing on your phone. It's kind of like Google Maps. Yeah. Apple Maps? <laughs> no. I've got, I've got this new app called Quaze. <laughs> Waze. That's, it's... Wait, that's the, is that the restaurant Quazy Bowls and Wraps? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Let's see how many times we can go around this circle. Report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I hinted a, a while back, a long time ago, that... Uh, as we, uh, we, we see all these like seemingly random connections between this, uh, modern reboot and, uh, the old show, uh, there's a, what, I'm sorry, Kitsy has raised a hand. Yes, Kitsy. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh yeah. Would you look at that? Oh. As the, uh, the second edition one team has just discovered the, uh, raise hand feature in Google meet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to adjust the window. I didn't mean to click on it. That's now amazing. I just like. Okay, okay. Let's, let's, I'm gonna. I, I Can you wonder, disable it? It's I, probably I best for everybody. <laughs> it's, for, it's for the best. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's all these uh, little connections between the the various series. You know, we know that there's you know an Apollo, uh, and we know that uh, Rio Richard Hatch uh, repraises or like that doesn't reprise his role. He comes back in a, in a different role. You know, he was the the Apollo. So like all the, there's all these little connections, uh, and I hinted at there was a uh, another character whose call sign was used in the original series, uh, oh. who we would meet later on, uh, and 
Uh, we learn about that now in this episode because we have a, a Sharon who has been kind of newly uh, uh, ordained. Ordained is not the right word. Newly sworn sure. in as an officer of the colonial fleet. <laughs> and uh, somebody refers to her as Boomer. And she's like, no, that, that's, uh, that was someone else. That's uh, not me. No. It's not me. Not uh, it's, it's Racetrack, actually, that calls her that yeah. because uh, Racetrack is going to take the... Uh, what they refer to as a second seat in uh, the Raptor with her. Also known as Shotgun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, are you, you sure you want to do that? I mean, I hear you're a pretty fair pilot. And Racetrack's like, well, we've got too many pilots and not enough birds because Starbuck keeps fucking killing them all. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, yep. And, uh, you know, anything to keep me flying. You know, you want me, I'm yours, Boomer. And so she's like, no, that's not yours. And Hilo sees the the dejected look on his wife's face and ever the, the loving and supportive himbo that he is like, listen up. We need a call sign for Lieutenant Agathon. And I keep forgetting, uh, not only that they're married, but that she took his surname. So whenever mm-hmm. he refers to her as Lieutenant Agathon, I'm like, who the fuck? Is, like, is, yep. Isn't that you? <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> like, you don't need to refer to yourself as Lieutenant Agathon. Like we know Weird who you are. I mean, he's the XO, the acting XO currently. So, that's true. Ew. Some Cylon lover is in my post. <laughs> Cylons don't have last names, do they? Uh, yes, they do. Because Leoben's name is Leoben something something. Conroy. Yeah. Um, and Con, yeah. And then uh, Doral is like Aaron Doyle. Aaron Doral. Doral or something. Aaron McPoyle. <laughs> um, oh, Doyle rules. Doral, Doral McPoyle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we get a bunch of uh, shitty and uh, borderline racist uh, um, responses from the crew, like Chrome Dome, light bulb, wind up toy, <laughs> Raptor adapter. Raptor adapter. That was my favorite one. <laughs> Raptor adapter is so good, so good. It's not very wanna... catchy for a, a, a call sign, though. But it's so funny because that's what she does. Let's, okay, let's, so here's all of them: Chrome Dome, Titania. Light bulb, wind up toy, raptor adapter, <laughs> microchip, digital dame, Mayflower, <laughs> carburetor, tin can. I don't even know her. <laughs> carburetor. I barely know her. Toaster babe, transistor, <laughs> robopilot. <laughs> and then, like, under like all of this yelling, hot dogs just like, well, what about Athena? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, guys. It was dumb anyway. I don't know why I suggested it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I didn't, like, I didn't say anything. Like, hot dog, I think this is the most lines he's had in a long time. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. Bodie knows how this character uh, is supposed to be because he hasn't had any time to be this character. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and uh, he was like, wait, 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 wait. What was that? <laughs> Whoa. Chrome <laughs> Uh, digital dame what (laughs) he's like you know goddess of wisdom and war usually accompanied by the goddess of victory and i'm like who they uh, who they implying is the goddess of victory i like i don't uh but uh me sharon and hilo (laughs) they smile and somewhere in the background a post like she likes it mikey (laughs) likes it wait no (laughs) and yeah they they kiss and then uh and the uh, tie comes in, and just like every, everyone has a good time, it's a party, and they all they all hug. Now, before we get into tie, <laughs> uh, I I do want to call out that this this was uh, I think it was an Exodus 
part one or part two that the the closed captioning referred to her as Athena, uh, mm. which was oh. which was almost a spoiler. Except Andrea didn't notice it. Uh, I don't know how to read. <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> yeah. um, Do you know what the worst part is? I never learned to read. <laughs> and so is that true? Uh, so yeah, it was kind of interesting to see like that that how early on she was uh, referred to as Athena in the captions before we actually mm-hmm. got yeah her call sign. Like for a second, I was like, "Wait, did I miss that scene?" Uh, nope. Turns out it's in this episode. You know, originally played by Marin Jensen in the uh, the original series. Uh, that is fun. Who uh, apparently hasn't done much in a very long time. Uh, but yeah, I mean the the show had a boomer, had an Athena, had a Starbuck, had a an they, Apollo, but they were all very different people uh, and very different characters. Uh, so I just I like that they paid that little homage. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Uh, the, uh, what was his character name? The not the was it, it was Atreyu. Yeah, hmm. Atreyu was in this uh, was in this show. Noah Hathaway. Oh snap! Who was yeah. he? Uh, he was some kid. <laughs> I don't know. Boxy was his character name. Oh. I don't think we have a. Uh, oh, in the Boxy. original. In the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, okay. You know, with Count Baltar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I watched a, a little uh, YouTube video the other day. Moonchild. Somebody. Somebody extolling the virtues of the original series and how they they felt that it was it was done a disservice by it you know being released uh, around the same time as Star Wars and getting compared to it so much. And that's probably uh, true, but and uh, how much you know they they really put into uh, trying to make it feel very cinematic, even though it was episodic and it was supposed to be a mini series, then it was supposed to be a movie and then it was supposed to be a series. Oh, and wow. it was just kind of all over the place. It just fucking no continuity, just completely bat shit through his entire run. Uh, and the more I like thought about that, the more I, uh, I actually really can't wait to watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that that sounds fun. I'm looking forward to us all being on a level playing field of having never seen what we're watching before. Yeah, me too. Because it's, yeah. it's sometimes it's hard to like put myself in the <laughs> shoes of the person that like like I know what's coming and I have to not talk about it. Like that's oh, oh is it hard for you? <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's not hard for you to have to wait a week between every episode. I'm just saying that it's it's a different thing that I'm going through that's mm-hmm. also difficult. Oh, well. And I'm looking forward to us all going through the same thing together as a team. <laughs> Don't as a, you dare. As a team. I'm just really excited that now Andrea yeah. knows the final five exist, but she doesn't know who they are. No. But I do. <laughs> Six know who they are. I can't tell you that. So Colonel Ty. They don't talk about them ever. Colonel Ty. So Colonel Ty. This is your moment. He's He's having a bad time. It's having a real bad time. time. It's having a real bad time. time. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about it. I mean, he's a real grumpus. He's a grumpus. You know what is driving me crazy about it? I'm realizing now because, like, I kept going back and forth as I was watching it because, like I said earlier, I understand they are going through it. They have been through it. They're, there's a lot to process and deal with. But then just don't. The, the two of them sitting in the middle of the, like, 
whatever quarter, not not the quarters. What do they the call mess that? Hall. The mess. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like in the mess hall, just there to be shitty. Like you don't need to be there. Go go look at a fucking. I was gonna say tree. They can't look at any trees, can they? But you look at a picture go, of a tree. They can on cloud nine. There cloud you go. nine's gone. Like whoop whoops. Too soon, Caleb. Oh, too soon. Oh, womp. That's but right. Go hang out at Makeout Point or whatever it's called. And, like, not that they should be making out. I just mean, like, I mean, they can find a more peaceful thing to do with your time. But yeah, they're, they're, they're really sowing some uh, division between mm-hmm. the people who were on New Caprica and the people who stayed behind on the fleet. Um, and the, the quote I, I referenced at the beginning was part of this where, um, you know, Hilo's trying to kind of smooth the situation and be like, look, we all made sacrifices. Like we're all in this together. And that's where Ty's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, cause I lost an eye and we had people suicide bombing. So, you know, forgive me for not getting all misty over your Cylon girlfriend sacrifices. <laughs> And, you know, Kat's trying to make the point, like, you know, we, we busted our asses to, to get you off that planet. Pilots died in the, the process. And, like, you know, we, we had to put through this plan. And, like, you know, it, it wasn't you know, necessarily easy for us. Like, basically, like, 12 people per ship uh, mm-hmm. up in orbit for however long. And then, you know, having to make the decision to jump away. Like, obviously not a direct one-to-one comparison of experience. But, like... Uh, Definitely a, 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 a lack of uh, a reasonable, uh, somewhat reasonable and trauma-induced lack of empathy on mm. uh, Ty and Starbucks' part. Right. Yeah. Like, I get where they're both coming from, but I think they need to, like, take some time and, and chill out and not so discontent mm-hmm. among the crew. Uh, yeah. And Hilo agrees with me because he goes to, uh, to Adama and tells him what they're doing. And uh, Atama's like, they know better. They know better than that. And Hilo's response is, I don't think they care. And that's mm-hmm. when Atama yeah. realizes, like, oh shit, yeah, something's yeah, uh, he, something's going on. Hilo uh, tells him, you know, that there's sown a lot of, uh, uh, you know, dis- uh, discord. Morale is taking a hit. He's like, you you should say something. Like your word carries a lot of weight. You know, they're destroying morale and unit cohesion. <clears throat> Uh, and Adama makes the decision, like, he's gonna, he's gonna put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. And he walks in. Dad's mad. Dad is mad. He walks into the mess, and then, you know, somebody announces, you know, Admiral on deck, and Ty kind of half-assed acknowledges him, <laughs> Admiral. I just love the give me the room. <laughs> and, and I love the way Starbuck gets up too. Like she's not in trouble and he's like, no, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> she really thought she was going to slip out of there. Yeah. Like I'll just be heading out. Uh, that's my cue. <laughs> and uh, Ty tries to give him a drink and he's like, give me your sidearm. Oh. And Starbuck is like, I'm sorry. You said what? <laughs> now, uh, to 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 just to remind everyone, the last time we had a commander tell an officer, "Give me your sidearm," yeah. that commander then shot that officer in the head. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why both Starbuck and Ty are like, "What?" <laughs> oh, oh no, thank you. I'd really rather not. Yes, like. 
can I take a pass on that? Uh, I'd, and, I'd super rather not hand you a gun yeah. right now because you look mad. <laughs> you do. You do. Maybe we, can we can we talk? I think uh, you promise you're not going to shoot me. So rather than hand it to him, she kind of slowly sets it on the table. Uh, he takes it, chambers around, and tosses it back down. And Ty's like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> There's a live round in there. And uh, it, she, she's like, and one of you, and I don't care who, pick that weapon up and shoot me. And Starbucks starts to protest. He's like, I didn't say to talk. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. He is mad. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. He just, he drags them. And he's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, you, you've done enough talking already. I said to pick up that weapon and shoot. You know, what's the matter? No guts? You got a pair? You're both fracking cowards. <laughs> Ty, you know, tries to protest, like, watch your mouth. <laughs> or what? You're going to turn the rest of my pilots against each other? Poison the crew? You've already done that, Saul. Both of you. Starbucks, I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I think if he told me with that voice to pick up that gun and shoot him, I I, I, I think I might shoot Adama. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say no. And uh, he uh, he kicks Kara out. Mm-hmm. Right out of her chair, <laughs> literally. <laughs> she, oh my she, God, that's like, right. He shoves her to the ground, and then she, he, like, it's like you were like a daughter to me once. Oh. No more. Like that. Oh. That hurt because that's the. I'm like, not mad. I'm disappointed. Like, yeah. oh, I'm hoping it's just tough love. You know, like, uh, like you know, so much has been made in this show. Uh, you know, in, in Battlestar and in this show uh, of that like father daughter relationship that they have, mm-hmm. and like it's been strained, it's been tested, but like they they're still like so strong, so close. And for him to say like not anymore, basically like you can figure your shit out or you can get off my ship. Yep. And she storms out. And like he did, tries. he did basically give her like the you know you're under my roof, you live by my rules, or you can find somewhere else to live. Like <laughs> yep. that's shape up or ship out. That's literally the speech he just gave her. Like, and you know he basically gives the, the same thing to to Ty. He's like, you gonna kick me out of my chair too? <laughs> uh, and he's like, you know, like I know you you've been through some shit. I know it has something to do with with Ellen. I'm sorry, but. You're full of bile. Like, you're Ooh. like, I don't know who you are anymore, but you're not the man that I've known for 30 years. And you, like, you can sort your shit out and you can come back and be an officer or you can stay in your room. <laughs> he, he grounds, he grounds him. him. He grounds him, sends him to his room. And you can go to your room and you can stay there until you're ready to apologize. And Ty, think about what you've done. And Ty picks up the gun. Mm hmm. And for a second, you kind of think mm-hmm. he's going to shoot him. Yep. But he he drops the clip. He he I don't know gun terms. He gets the round out. He 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 makes the gun not as deadly as it was <laughs> moments prior. Um and says, "You know, that man doesn't exist anymore, Bill." And stands up so and, sad. and you won't be seeing me again and walks out of the room. Oof. Oof. Uh, huh? Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe the tie that Adama knew doesn't exist anymore. Oh. And maybe he won't be seeing this tie again. Hmm. Hmm. 
Interesting. So I can't wait for a two-eyed tie to show up. I was like, you know, if he shows up with two, two eyes, eyes next tie. episode, it's like, oh! <laughs> yep. Aha! <laughs> I told you. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Cylons, uh, oh, those guys, they yeah. also, uh, based on uh, some some intel from Baltar, they also figure out the uh, the nebula and the pulsars and whatnot, and they go there to investigate. They get there before the, the humans, because, again, petty, uh, <laughs> and they find something. Some sort of probe, V'ger, I don't, I don't know. Um, and they, they take it on board, and they all get sick and die. This one base star, though. Luckily, it's, it's far enough away that uh, they, nobody resurrects in and, and brings it all back with them. But uh, this got the Cylons worried, and also Baltar worried uh, mm-hmm. that he's going to be blamed and thus uh, uh, face punitive measures. Now, <laughs> if I found something floating in space and didn't know what it was, yep. I probably wouldn't bring it into my living room. Yep. And the fact that they just, like, how quickly did those people get sick that they didn't push it back I out? I mean, it looks like it happened real fucking fast. It just... But, uh, one thing I, I think that's important to call out here, um leading up to this uh this happening is we learn that uh the hybrid uh mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. not only in control of the ship but she is the ship mm-hmm. um you know essentially she is just like a you know human looking torso attached to a ship basically <laughs> in a in a puddle of goo uh, goo, and she's in the goo. And I think uh, a really cool thing is that she just kind of spouts nonsense. Maybe, maybe. Um, it's almost poetic, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, unless you're Leo, unless you're Leoben, yeah, definitely big Leoben energy there. Um, <laughs> but I, I do love the the touch of every now and then she'll say end of line. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a pretty cool touch, uh, but then to jump the ship, she actually says, "Jump, jump, jump in." So she which says is, that too, which is pretty cool. Um, Might as well. But <laughs> go ahead. Uh, but uh, uh, the, I just I just basically wanted to make sure we didn't gloss over the hybrid because this is the first time we really find out like the full extent of of what the hybrid is and does and and how it's connected. Well, and yeah. just to be like for my own sake if you hadn't watched razor which if you were watching when this first aired hasn't even right come out yet this is your is first this the first yeah. time we see or even hear the word hybrid right yes that is bonkers bonkers mm-hmm. that would have mm-hmm. freaked my being big time if that were the first time that she popped on yeah because baltar was very confused when mm-hmm. he first learns about the hybrid he's like who do do this? What what is she doing? What is she saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And I'm I'm very curious to to hear your thoughts or your interpretation on the the hybrid speech. Do you think it was gibberish? Do you think it it means something? Do you think it's it's secret code that you need to take notes on and decipher every word? <laughs> I I hope that it is. I would love for it to be. It sounds to me like she's reading or like uh 
voicing some sort of random script. Like, to me, it doesn't sound like she's just putting random words together. It sounds like um, something is, like, being fed through her, almost. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, you remember Horse eBooks? Yep. The Twitter account? Oh, yeah. yeah which I know was ended up being fake, but um, it, it reminds me of that kind of thing, of just, like... Uh, if you knew where it was coming from or could like see it written down, you might be able to find some sort of meaning. It makes me think of what might happen if a human brain was fed like raw lines of like code input and had to try to make sense of it. Right. Right. And like some of it would come out as human readable and thus it would come out as like complete sentences uh, or at least like complete thoughts. And the rest would just be like gibberish sounding. And like, I, I like the way that like they, they don't, tell us they don't mm-hmm. explain it and you know most of the cylons think that it is nonsense think that the the humanoid brain of the hybrid just couldn't handle uh the you know all of the the raw data stream of being interfaced with the base star and just it's went really mad sad but they also have this like really poetic you know she she swims in the stars mm-hmm. and in the the dust of space and all this and like oh, it's like she feels everything, uh, but also, like, does she know she's meat? Yeah, right? <laughs> she is meat. Is she, is so she sentient? Meat. That's the real question. Like, is she aware of her own existence? <clears throat> I also want to know, because when we saw the hybrid in Razor... It was, you know, during the, the flashback of the first Silent War, and it was when they created the first hybrids, and we saw Adama stumble into the fucking, um, like, the Quake 2, where the, the, the evil aliens were chopping people up and making them into fucking uh, cyborg meat with rocket launchers and shit, <laughs> the Strog or whatever the fuck those aliens were called. Like, it reminded me so much of playing through that game as a, as a, young, <laughs> as a youth. Uh, but yeah, they were hacking people up and, like, making a hybrid from scratch, like yeah. shoved, shoving cables into meat and, like, seeing what, what happens. And it makes me wonder, like, this seems to have been a, a process perfected. And, like, are they still, like... Do they have a model that they've perfected that they just, like, they resurrect and, like, plug in and she just carries on? Or, like, are they still hacking Man, that's such a good point because people? I hadn't... I see an idea on your face, Kitsy. Do, do you think when a base star blows up that the hybrid is then reborn into another base star because we've already established that raiders do that. I think that if that's the case, then that would very much explain uh, the madness. Yeah. And we know that it hurts. Death at that scale. Oh, my God. And being already fed so much information and then experiencing the death of a fucking starship and being thrown into a new starship body, which like even just the the regular silence downloading into a new body is already a jarring experience for them. I didn't even consider that the hybrid might feel pain when the the ship is attacked. Awful. Yeah. Well, we have the moment where like... They make the suggestion to destroy the other base star uh, that has that has been infected, and like just like 
you know, purge the infection and move on. And the hybrid fucking screams. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, <laughs> okay. she disagrees. <laughs> and then you get Deanna. She idea. doesn't get a vote. Yeah. Yeah. That she doesn't get she doesn't get a vote. Like the juxtaposition of how sacred they seem to view the the hybrid compared mm-hmm. with she doesn't get a vote, how dismissive. Like it's such an odd I don't know what to make of the hybrid now. I'm really perplexed. Yeah, I weird. hope we learn more. It's, it's weird because they're almost like this this, you know, it, it's almost like they're this like super human for lack of a better term like form like a higher intelligence but then mm-hmm. they're also treated like you know they're not they're like a, a, a lower like status than than the humanoid cylon so it's, it's kind of weird because they seem like they're in some ways like above and in some ways below it's it's really it's a really interesting dynamic this yeah. was a fascinating look behind like the the veil of Cylon culture that we're slowly getting these little pieces of like mm-hmm. what the society is and like we still don't know the exact hierarchy but like it's very clear that there is one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Even though they claim to be all in agreement all the time and <laughs> they try to make decisions unanimously like again like they're very split there's a moment where they're like loudly all arguing until Deanna's like fuck it we're going to jump. Mm-hmm. And uh, Baltar, very selflessly and bravely and without <laughs> uh, any thought for himself uh, uh, whatsoever uh, and with no outside uh, influence completely on his own, uh, makes the decision to uh, try to go onto the ship and see if he can determine what the... Uh, the illness was and is very successful at it and mm-hmm. uh he saves the day and everyone everyone's happy that sounds nope. right no nope uh baltar gonna baltar baltar gonna baltar uh yeah at, at six's insistence uh, in, in his head like they're probably going to kill you mm-hmm. here's a good way to show your value and you know he he suggests this out loud and uh caprica six is like a truly selfless gesture. <laughs> oh, be still my Cylon heart. Can you see my spine start to glow? Um, and so he, he suits up. They, they have a, they conveniently have a Raptor that they just put on all about it and send him over to the meat ship. And, uh, he gets to see Cylons dying by the, by the sevens, the, the, the dozens, even just puking up everywhere, like Ugh. lots, lots of Cylon puke. It's bad. So lots, much. Lots of bloody meat everywhere. Mm-mm. And uh, you know, he stumbles onto presumably the bridge and sees this probe that uh, we mentioned, and he's like, "That's probably important." But uh, before he can figure out what it is, one of the dying six is like, "You did this. You left us as a trap and sent us here to find this. You killed us all." And he's like, "No, shut up, stop!" <laughs> and like she goes from like you know asking him to kill her because she's like, "I saw how the rest died, and I don't want to to go out like that." Uh, to like yelling and pointing fingers, and he like obliges killing her uh <laughs> rather than being like shit i found this thing and it looks to have possibly yeah. been a trap laid by the the colonials or maybe it was just like a coincidence that it was infected we don't know how can mm-hmm. we possibly know he tries to pretend that he found nothing uh Let's even see. though he was taking pictures the entire fucking time 
Mm-hmm. Baltar Such gonna a Baltar. Bad call. Even for Baltar, this is a bad call. And uh, they don't call going him over the bad call Baltar for nothing. Uh, going over the the photos and like talking through the story, like you're sure you found nothing, you you nothing at all, absolutely nothing. You're positive. He's like, nope, nope, nothing important. Didn't didn't see anything. And Caprica Six is looking through the uh, uh, very high resolution, uh, uh, excellent photos that he took on his fucking digital camera in space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she zooms in on one and, and sees the probe in the background and looks at him like, you're sure you found nothing. He's like, nope. No, why would you ask? Oh, and God. she just kind of looks at him very disapprovingly. She went from, oh, all the flutter <laughs> to like, <laughs> mm, very disapproving. She's not horny. Quickly. She's disappointed. It's <laughs> <laughs> her two modes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they 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 decide to, to get the fuck out of there before uh, more silence can can die. They they never do solve the mystery of the uh, the the death ship. Uh, mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the the humans finally catch up in in the form of Racetrack and her co-pilot. They uh, they popped in. Oh, it was uh, Athena, Racetrack and Athena. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pop in. And they're like, oh, we found the nebula. There's those pulsars that everyone was talking about. Hey, it's great. Like, holy fuck, there's a raider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they they slowly, the camera pans around, and we see all of the dead raiders floating in space. And then we see yeah. the dead base star. And Sheridan apparently has a prophecy. When God's anger awakens, even the mighty shall fall. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Who's got angry at? <laughs> Who was mighty? God's angry at everyone at this point. Yep. <laughs> God's just fucking pissed. God's not mad. Blame? He's just disappointed. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, like there's there's a mystery here, and I genuinely don't remember if we solve it. And I hope that we do <laughs> oh, because no. this is this would be a really shitty pro- plot point to introduce and not resolve. Mm-hmm. The, oh yeah. Cylon smallpox, and then we never. This was this was a wild one. I don't know. It sure was. There's so many, so many feelings (laughs) to work through. Uh, Yeah. So tell us thoughts, theories, emotions, reactions. All, all of, all of the above. Yes, Um, I experienced every one of those. (laughs) I, the, there, I mean, a a ton of things. I do think I'm starting to feel more and more like it's possible Ty is a Cylon. Um, Colonel Tylon. Colonel Tylon. Um, And a big part of that is just because I can imagine his it, his story just works well if that is the case um in a way that i'm not as do, like i don't know how adama would work for example Rosalind, i think could go either way do you think um, if ties a cylon that he knows he's a cylon no okay. uh no 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 he no. hates cylons too much to know he's a cylon yeah <laughs> exactly um i don't think that he does i still think jammer is coming back though jammer would be uh, not it's Jammer very interesting and Billy. final five. <laughs> Jammer, Jammer, Billy, Ellen, 
Another Doral. There's actually two Doral this, models. This Doral's twin. Exactly. It's just slightly different. It's Gary um, Doral. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to go with a female Doral named Aaron. Oh, oh Aaron and Aaron. Okay. I like go. it. I approve. And then the fifth one is um, Jake the dog. And that's great. <laughs> that I like. I'm into that. But the other four. Yeah, I just would not be excited if Jammer were one of the five, except it would be fun to have been correct. So now I'm. What if Doc Coddle sure. is all five of them? I love that. That's the the Doc Coddle spinoff we need. Uh huh. My five coddles. <laughs> um, all my coddles. It is. Oh my, <laughs> my coddles. Three coddles and a little coddle. Um, that's only four coddles. <laughs> um. The fifth coddle was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Why are they called the final five? Because that's... We get so many mysteries when we get... That's just what Baltar said. Like, I don't think it's, like... I don't think it's meant to be, like, a big official thing. It's just, like, Baltar's like, who are the final five? It's weird. I think it is based on Six's reaction when she says, like, we don't talk about them. Yeah. Like, but it's a separate. Well, yeah, but I she mean, doesn't... I, I'm, I, they're 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 clearly a thing. But what I'm saying is, I don't think them being called the final five was like an official like Cylon branded like title. I think it's just an th- offhanded thing that Baltar said. Well, I mean, Baltar thinks that for sure. I mean, I don't think, <laughs> but just as like from the audience's perspective, that word that phrase was written you know what i mean like chosen by the writers and it feels significant in a way that um i just wonder if there's some sort of information hidden in there that i should be trying to suss out if that makes sense yeah i i think it's maybe less the like that the cylons canonically refer to them as the final five and more so that there are five that like is like canonical that they don't talk about because she right, there's some sort he, he of says i only saw seven now here again the same seven who are the final five, five. uh and she says i can't talk about that and yes can't or won't and she says can't it's complicated but we don't talk about them ever mm-hmm. and he's like you're really pressing he's like but you'd know one of them wouldn't you if you saw them one of the one of the final five like if they were to walk past and she just like ignores the question do you think when she says can't there's a way to that they like part of their sort of programming to be that she literally can't could it's be it's not like can't like i can't go to the mall on <laughs> i was that the first can't nah, that's i thought great, of though. or or like can't as and i am physically and meant like incapable of the way she says i can't it's complicated mm-hmm. uh yeah could be and the same, and because that's a, again for the writers, it's a smart way. Like when Adama asks um, Sharon, now I don't remember if it's Boomer or Athena, but he says like presumably or whatever you know who the other, you know who all the Cylons are. If I asked you, would you tell me? Um, and she doesn't say like I could, but I won't. Um, and so it's, and that's a really good way to handle the how do you get Cylons on the human side that isn't just them being like, and by the way, the other 11, you know, so you can take them out would be if they physically can't. I also love like 
we can reasonably assume that into season three they they've got all of them decided on, but we also still don't know if they're if the writers have determined exactly who the the last five are going to be. It's if they're just writing a way for them to not have to know yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a way to put it off for a while. Yeah, I have a very very. It's not even a theory that I believe necessarily. And it's not one that I have really worked out. It's more of like a feeling. And I don't, I'm not even sure how to articulate it, but I want to plant it here in case it does start to take shape in a way that is um, more uh, useful or, or something down the line. And it's that I'm curious about the progression of time in the show. And I don't necessarily think there's time travel happening um but there have just been like certain things like for example and i'm not saying that the cylons or the humans know or that it's even that i don't know um but like to say final five like like a phrase like when we took horror movies like the last like you know like the final girls Mm -hmm. you don't know that it's the final girl until you get to the end so to be able to use and again i know i'm gonna keep qualifying and, and prefacing with i know that that's not like the Cylons term, but again, if the writers are trying to seed some kind of um, reveal later, that would be a good way. And then I said when Adama, and I, I keep thinking about it, gave that speech on the ship and he said like, the future will tell stories that there are no such people as this, blah, blah, blah. And I said it felt like he was coming, he had like, he was reporting back, um, and I don't think that was literally happening, but it just that feeling has been popping up more and more. And so I don't know what, again, to make of that, or even if I think there's anything there really, but the fact that it's popped up now more than two or three times for me, I just want to place that here. I don't have much to say about it otherwise yet, or maybe never again. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot to think about and uh, that should occupy us uh, plenty while we spool up the FTL drives mm-hmm. and uh, jump in to check out this uh, this lion-shaped nebula and this dead base star. And so while we do that, you do the same, and we'll see you next week. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.